Salutations and greetings, my fine podcasting friends. My name is Mike, and like you, I enjoy podcasts. But what I really like is the peek behind the creative curtain, and that's why I started this show. It's a weekly podcast that brings you stories from podcasters you know and some you might not have heard of. Each guest is unique, and that's why I call this The Odd Pod. I'm pleased to welcome this week's guest, and I hope that you find them as interesting as I did. This one manages a couple of podcasts, a YouTube channel, a Twitch stream, and he's a published author. And he has a full-time job. Talk about a busy, busy person. So I was quite pleased when they were able to make time and join us here and explain how they manage it all. We talk about monetizing your podcast, how to properly take a break, and how to collect video games. So put your headphones on, grab a beverage, and enjoy this conversation with Rob O'Hara. Just a quick warning, there is swearing in this podcast, so if that's an issue, well, you know what to do. Boy, look at all that cool shit behind you. You know what? Uh, the worst part is, is that all the cool shit is really in this, uh, like I've built almost like a cockpit where I sit, and so you can't see most of the cool shit. <laughs> Oh, no. No, I see a small part of it back there. I guess that's my question for you is how many podcasts do you have? You have three, I think? I have three. I would say, well, I have two that that I do myself, uh, which are You Don't Know Flack and Sprite Castle. And then I am part of a third one, which is Throwback Reviews that I do with my buddy Sean. And uh, that show is kind of on hiatus right now at the moment just because Sean just moved houses and he moved into like a a fixer up place so he doesn't have a, a dedicated studio spot right now so it will be coming back but it's just kind of on pause right now but yeah I, i've i've started you know half a dozen other shows and uh that's certainly something i've learned over the years is uh there's a lot of things that sound like a good idea but you got to think well, you know how am i going to talk about this 50 times or 100 times or for five years or whatever you know so a lot of times you start something and they and they fizzle out and you have several youtube channels as well too or no, uh, well, I just have, I have my YouTube channel, which is uh, just YouTube uh, Rob O'Hara, but, uh, you know, with the Sprite Castle, I've kind of teamed up with uh, the Amigos, and uh, they do an Amigo podcast, and so they kind of have a community YouTube channel, which is uh, Amigos Retro Gaming on YouTube, and so I do, for Sprite Castle, I do a sister uh, video stream where i will usually play whatever game i'm reviewing on the you know the upcoming show and i upload it there so um you know just kind of getting two different audiences and now is this your full-time job just out of curiosity oh no oh no 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 not at all i uh i do it for the government i do uh, probably gosh i work 40 to 45 hours a week uh during my day job um so this is all just uh, hobby stuff well, then you have no time. That's and I have problem. two kids and I have a wife and uh, and lots of hobbies. Uh, my wife once called me the collector of collections. I, <laughs> I'm into so many different things, you know, so I don't, uh, if I do a deep dive into something, it's usually about 48 hours. Like I'll find something that's interesting, learn all I can about it and then move on to something else. So I don't know that I'm a expert in anything but i love just you know finding different things and and uh, doing all sorts of stuff so yeah it's pretty pretty hectic schedule it, it helps if you don't sleep that much well dude i think we're of the kind of the same cloth oh yeah the uh uh you know podcasting is um like i like during the day 
that's my job, you know, I mean, IT work and whatever, but podcasting and now streaming video. And as I move into other things, uh, it feels like a never ending hustle. You know, it's always like, what else can I do? Like, you know, I do a show and then, you know, you find out you, people say, well, you know, when I post on Twitter, I get 20 more listeners. So you, you make a Twitter account and you go, I'll do that. And then someone says, well, you know, Instagram, uh, I get more. And so, you know, maybe you do that. And so it's just this, this constant, like, you know, for a while I had this, uh, an SOP <laughs> that I kept with like, okay, every time you do, you release a podcast, here's the 20 things you, you know, you need to go promote it here. You need to put it on this forum. You need to do, you know, so um, yeah, it gets, it gets pretty crazy and, and you do have to kind of set, um, you know, figure out what you're getting returns from. Uh, you know, it's funny. I just made a video two weeks ago or last week. I was sitting there, you know, I ordered my food and before I can go in the restaurant. I watched the it. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. The five things I wish I knew about podcasting mm-hmm. before and time was number one. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. I thought it was a great video, you know, and there's a lot of stuff. Um, unfortunately, the way that most of us learn how to do things is by doing it the wrong way. You know, I've, I've learned so much by trying things and, um, Uh, It's funny, I just had a discussion recently with a guy um, who was talking about how he didn't like my old shows. He didn't like the sound quality uh, of some of my earlier episodes, but how things were better. And, you know, my response was, he was listening to some early episodes of uh, Sprite Castle. Um, The first episodes of Sprite Castle are from 2013. So... I've gone through multiple audio setups. I've gone through different software. I've gone through all these different, you know, when I started Sprite Castle, which is a, a game where I play a one specific Commodore 64 game and talk about it. We, we tear it apart. I find all the details I can about it, you know. Um, I, I would start the episode with a haiku about the game. Like I thought that would be a good idea. And I would do, you know, something, oh, you know, the mysterious Bruce Lee, something like that and play this, sound effect of rain in the background and like i i I don't know where i came up with that i just thought well that'd be a a good starter and you know when i I, it's so cringeworthy now when i listen to them they're terrible but uh you know it's just those ideas you throw out and and sometimes things stick um i I, there's a a small segment that i started doing on sprite castle which again is uh, a podcast about commodore 64 games so think about that audience and i started this uh segment called talking snack where I pick some sort of food that has to do with the game or something. So think about those old 80s uh, beat up games where you would punch barrels and then a cake would come out or something, you know. So I would say, hey, I'm eating a cake for this episode, you know. And uh, I, I did away with it. And I got complete, like people are like, they don't care about the game, but they want to hear about the food. <laughs> That's what was important. So I had to bring it back, you know. So you never know what's going to be uh, popular listeners. Yeah, I just listened to that episode. I listened to a recent episode too, because I, I drive it to see my mom. It's about an hour and 10 minutes to get up there. So it's mm. just enough time to kind of listen to a lot of episodes like that. And I think the one, I remember, I like how you differentiate between the chapters, I guess, of your podcast with the sound effects, mm-hmm. like the 80s mm-hmm. sound clips. And then I heard the one of a snack time or something. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it went like, it went over my head and I'm like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> but it's, you know, when you're driving, you're kind of distracted anyway. So it's just kind of sound in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. So, but what kind of podcast do you listen to anyway? Like I listen to yours, I listen to Retro Hour. I listen to uh, 
arcade files and guys like that what do you listen to well um i i uh i kind of divide things up mentally in my head like by different categories you know um i listen to there's a, a category of podcasts i listen to which i just call friends having fun you know which is like guys that are just talking and having a good time uh there's one i listen to called growing up 80s which is a couple of guys that are actually located in uh thunder bay uh ontario so um and they do a show once a month. And it's funny because, you know, one of the things I've learned from doing these podcasts is, um, you know, I'll tell these stories from like the 80s, something I did on a BBS or something like old computer stuff. And I'll get an email from somebody from Brazil and they'll go, oh yeah, I had the same thing. I'm like me in Oklahoma, like you were doing the same thing in Brazil. And it's this weird thing. And, and I love that uh, growing up 80s show because, they were doing all the same things, but it's funny because uh, they have, uh, you know, these Canadian accents, of course, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we got comic books. And I was like, yeah, I had comic books, you know, I mean, just these funny uh, similarities and stories of knowing that somebody is so far away and was doing the same thing. You know, they're about about my same age. Um, I listen to a lot of retro computing shows, you know, there, there's a, a lot of those out there and um uh let's see i got one category that i call the big shows which of course is like you know famous people right like um you know i've been listening Adam, to uh yeah steve dax shepherd and shit yeah dax shepherd um sarah silverman you know all these people that uh alec baldwin yeah that that um you know you listen to them because of who they are not necessarily what the topic's gonna be um i listen and to I'm, yeah no, they're unemployed ahead. actors interviewing unemployed actors. <laughs> yeah, right, right. They're they're um, they're doing the same hustle we are. They just need a few more digits in that uh, <laughs> in the income. Uh, and then I had a, a, one area that you know I, this all my podcast everything started because I wanted to be a writer and I self published a couple of books and I had read um, I actually read an article online and it was uh, one of those articles that said, here are five ways to promote your book. And one of them was start a podcast. And so that was really how You Don't Know Flack started all the way back in um, uh, 2008 was, it was an idea where I was going to tell stories. And then at the end of every one, I would say, oh, you know, go buy my book, you know, but really the podcast ended up being more popular than the book did. But, uh, but I do listen to a lot of writing uh, podcasts, you know, with hints about writing. Um, let's see. Uh, Writers on writing is one I listen to. Writing excuses. Uh, Jeff Goins is a great one called The Portfolio Life, where he talks about, um, you know, how do you uh, take writing and move it into other things? Like, you know, he's a public speaker that talks about writing, or, or how do you tie your podcast into your writing, those sorts of things. So, what's um, your book on? Uh, my first book was called Commodore. Uh, sordid tales of a BBS junkie. And so uh, what the idea of the book was, was I had all these crazy stories growing up, uh, you know, behind a computer screen in the eighties, you know, I got my Commodore uh, 1985. And like I said, I had an Apple II for about three years before that. So it's really a coming of age kind of story. I mean, it's nonfiction, but it's a story about how I grew up in this arc, like how I was a kid and grew up to be, you know, a semi-functional adult, but how I did those things online too. So it wasn't necessarily, 
you know, fighting with bullies on the playground. It was fighting with bullies online, you know, and it wasn't who's the most popular kid in class. It was who was the kid who could download the most software. And that made you important online, you know, so it's kind of uh, uh, that dual arc of growing up, but also growing up online. And uh, so that, that was the first book. And it's really um, a lot of people, you know, find the title Commodore, you know, and so I kind of became the Commodore guy, even though, you know, I had a lot of different computers and stuff, but, but that kind of stuff. And then two years after that, uh, in 2008, I released a book called Invading Spaces, which was about uh, buying and selling and collecting arcade games. And, it, you know, it was um, about going to auctions, like, you know, it, it was kind of a, a mixture. It was tips about how to buy games and work on games and all that stuff. But uh, along those same lines, it had stories in it as well. And I don't think it was as popular as Commodore, and one of the things that I learned, and this is something that I've taken into podcasts, is um, I actually learned this lesson. I went to a entrepreneur class one time, just for I wasn't planning on starting a business; it just seemed interesting. I signed up for it, and uh, the, the professor said, "It seems counterintuitive, but you'll do better in business if you focus on one thing. Don't try to be, you know, if you want to be a sign shop, be a sign shop." But don't be a sign shop that also does copies and also delivers cupcakes on the weekends. And also, you know what I mean? Because it, it complicates what you want to be is a sign shop and be the best possible sign shop. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so Invading Space is part of the problem with it was is it was a book about buying and selling arcade games and about fixing arcade games. And these funny stories I had about games I bought and also a list of all the games, you know, and it, it was kind of, uh, it wasn't Three very books. focused. Yeah. You know, it was just spread out. And uh, I hear that a lot on podcasts. You know, I'll see somebody that says, Hey, I got a new podcast and it's me and my five best friends. And we talk about movies and music and video games and comic books and the fun time we have at the mall and also our cars. And I'm like, who, what, what is the focus? Like, why do I want to listen to that? Because at some point it's just me eavesdropping on teenagers. Like <laughs> it's not a, it's not a show. Like you wouldn't watch a TV show that was like that. You know, you watch, you know, whatever Baker's cooking the worst things ever. Okay. Well, I know what that's about, you know? And so you tune in for that thing and, and, um, you know, for, for podcasts, I see that more and more like it, whatever that niche is, you know, if it's interviewing other podcasters, like that's the thing you, you get that in a tagline, you know what that show is, you know? Um, but these things that are just like, Hey, we talk about everything. It's a tough sell. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've learned that. I mean, cause there are people out there that, well, they're all over the map and I look at them. I'm like, dude, you are like, I think like you're probably like my 30th or 40th person. I've well, maybe 35th person I've talked to. And some of the ones at the start, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are you doing? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it becomes a thing like, um, uh, I know one of the questions that uh, I've read that you should ask is like, what value are you adding through your podcast, right? Like, what are you giving people that they can do? I've heard podcasts where people go, well, today I'm going to talk about this or that. And I see the subject. So I go look on Wikipedia and I'm like, okay. And then I hear their podcast and it's them reading Wikipedia. I'm like, I already did that. I don't need you to read it. Like, I need you to give me something else. Like, like what's your memory of that thing? Or, 
you know, what's, did you talk to the guy or, you know, just anything like that, like, like some added content, you know, um, but it's about that, that what are you offering people? And then how can you market that? You know, how can you say like, uh, you know, Sprite Castle, you know, I, I get all this information from all these different, you know, sections. Sometimes I talk to the people that make the game. Sometimes I, you know, I add my personal memories of playing the game in the 80, you know, all these different things and put it in this one uh, little package or you don't know flack, um, which actually gets more downloads right now than, than Sprite castle. Um, you know, it's like, it's me telling the story. So you don't know the story because it's, it's my story, you know, so that's, that's what that show offers. So, you know, I, I don't know how you market a thing. It's just like, Hey, we're just dudes talking about dude stuff. Like, you know, I, I don't know how people come back to that. And how long have you been making the, you don't know flack. Like you sent me the one stat sheet here. And it goes back to 2016, 2015. You said since yeah. 2013 or 20, 2013? Um, you don't know flat goes all the way back to 2008. Um, so I started it, um, you know, basically, like I said, to promote the book. That that was the idea was, um, you know, I had these, these self-published books and I was like, hey, how can I get the word out? I'll make a podcast, uh, you know. And then I was looking and, and I had like, you know, you know, it always starts small, right? Like you go, wow, I, I sold, you know, 12 books last month, but I had 50 downloads on my podcast, you know? And then I'm like, well, I got to try harder on this podcast to sell more books. And then eventually you're like not selling books at all. And you're getting thousands of people uh, listening to your shows, you know? And so, but yeah, that, that was uh, 2008 was actually the, the very beginning of You Don't Know Flack. And uh, the, the best part about that show is that the, structure has never really changed but um I, I will say this about you don't know flack uh you know how most podcasts have that opening episode where they say you know it's it's like this is uh my operating like this is what i'm gonna do you know this is uh i'm establishing you know it's episode zero this is what my podcast could be about and on the very first uh episode of you don't know flack i said this is going to be a 30 minute podcast where I talk about retro technology, old computers. And I think I say old computers and old video games from a guy that was there and still is, you know? Uh, but that was what I established, that it was a 30 minute show that would be about technology. Episode two is an hour episode about Dungeons and Dragons. It, is, <laughs> <laughs> it literally broke every rule that I had established. It was right after um, Gary Gygax died. And I was like, oh, I gotta, I feel like I gotta talk about that. And then you know, I would apologize on the next episode. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. People were like, no, we, we love these stories. And, um, you know, when I started doing You Don't Know Flack, like, I, again, like I was like, oh, I'm going to do an episode about, uh, you know, the Atari 2600. I'm going to do an episode about this. And every now and then I couldn't come up with something. I did a whole episode about ninjas and about how I loved in the 80s ninja movies and how I had a ninja suit. And I tell all these goofy stories about, you know, me and my friends would go on ninja missions at night. We would sneak out of my bedroom window and sneak around the neighborhood, you know, and, and do goofy things. And that episode for a long time was, uh, had the most downloads of any episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, eventually you just kind of learn, you know, people like a good story and it doesn't necessarily have to stay, you know, within those original confines. Yeah. I tell people that all the time when I'm talking to someone like a neighbor of mine, for example, he's trying to tell me a story but his since he's kind of a he's older than a millennial but he still talks like he's 12 
and I find his conversations that are filled with ums and buts and you knows. And I'm like, dude, if you took that story and you worked on it and whittled it down, you would have a really sharp, concise, engaging story that people would like to hear. I said, but right now you sound like you're stoned. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, when I first started podcasting, I would edit out. I, I didn't have any practice uh, public speaking or anything like that. So my stories would sound exactly like that. Uh, so, uh, I like ninjas, uh, and, and um, uh, of course, the more that you listen to yourself, you listen to your podcast over time, you become self-aware of that and you try to speak around that. But I would go through in an editor and cut every one of those out. My <laughs> podcast had hundreds of little vertical lines <laughs> where I had cut and taken out every breath. And every, you know, any type of pause, you know, is a bad one for me. I say that a lot, but I would try to cut all those out and squish all the text together. And I got to a point where recording an hour long show, it would take me three hours of editing and it just drove me crazy. It's the same, it's the same theory behind that as I have about uh, plugins, you know, which is people say, well, I record and then I run the, and I do, I do a little bit of, you know, I have my own little plugin set up, but they would say, oh, well, if your room is this, you can do this, you know, you can put in D reverb. And if your room is too soft and, you know, and I found a long time ago, man, if, if you could get a good sound going in, it's so much less work on the other end. If you don't, you know, if you have to interview somebody, I, I've done those interviews where you have somebody on the other side, they send you an audio file and it doesn't line up for some reason. It's slower than yours or fat. And you have to cut every response and try, and it's a nightmare, you know? And that's the kind of stuff that I don't like. Uh, I'm not an audio engineer. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I've been over the years, I've kind of honed a, a setup, you know, with enough sound deadening and microphones and, and stuff like that, where I could get a good sound. But the better thing, you know, the better audio you have going in, the less you have to do on the back end. And the back end's not that much fun to me. Well, speaking of which, is that a Blue Yeti mic you're using? It is. Yeah. And then what a... are what are you editing with? I edit with Sony Vegas. Now okay. I shouldn't edit with Sony Vegas. Uh, and I've tried to switch most of my recording I do now with audacity, but I actually took a course on Sony Vegas and I got a copy of it through uh, that course. And I mean, it's like a thousand dollar piece of software. You can make movies with it and, and it's really high end. I used to tell people it's like editing a podcast, you know, it's like mowing your lawn with a Sherman tank, you know, I mean, like, like it's way overkill, but I just know it inside and out i know how to do cuts and crossfades and do all the multi-track stuff you know so for me what i do typically is i'll put the intro stuff on a track you know the the opening music and those little sound breaks then i'll throw the audio on a second track and that's where i put my eq and uh then i, I put some different uh like eight bit versions of songs towards the end of the podcast at the end of sprite castle i have some music that plays in the background and so on the third track i'll put that stuff because i have to play with the volume levels and so that i don't affect anything else it's easier to just keep that on a separate track so but yeah it's pretty overkill for what i do i use final cut pro so mm, okay yeah 
but that's yeah. because I make I've made a thousand YouTube videos, and I know how the software works. So for me to do what we're doing here with this video, it's a lot easier for me just to grab it, throw it in the final cut, slice and dice as needed, export the video to YouTube, export the audio as a wave format into GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And then if I have to compress it in GarageBand, I can, but then you're not worrying about the lossless on the audio because of the wave format. Yeah, you know, uh, that's the nice thing about Vegas is you can do video or you can do audio. So, um, you know, once you've learned the software, you don't have to learn multiple different things, you know, and then of course, as long as you get uh, uh, plugins uh, that are compatible, then uh, you can just plug those into. Well, this is why going back to podcasting, I think is why your podcast is interesting and making a comeback and the same with like the retro guy, like uh, Neil from RNC or the retro mm-hmm. hour and stuff like mm-hmm. that, because as you and I age, if you look back when we were 10 or 12, our neighbor might've had a big train set in his basement. And that's because he was raised in the age of playing with toy trains. Like you need to see trains. It was a big deal back in the twenties and thirties. Whereas when you and I now, our childhood revolves around old computers. So we're all back into that retro collection and we are no different than our neighbors, dads or grandpas who had the train set in their basement, except now we have a operational ISP in our basement that can <laughs> right. work with BBSs. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, um, my my listener base, uh, and this really came from the first book from Commodore. You know, I found that there were two groups of people. One were people that were my exact age. I'm 47, so people in their you know mid 40s, early 40s, somewhere in that range that grew up with all the same stuff that I had. You know, they had computers. Their next door neighbor had an Atari, and they want to hear about that, or you know, whatever. So so they remember all those things. But there's this other group that's very interesting. And they are kind of that 20 something group that they're into podcasts and they might not necessarily be into the stuff that I'm into, but they, they find it. And it's almost like, like, I never thought I would be a historian. (laughs) Like I didn't think I was old enough for that, but that's kind of become this thing where they go, Oh, I never heard of a BBS. What was a BBS, you know, or what was like, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many people have told me that they've never used a floppy disk. Like I have tons of listeners that have never used a floppy. And I'm like, I have a thousand floppies in a giant drawer thing over there. Um, so, you know, they they listen and, and it's like they're listening to, you know, now all of a sudden I'm the old guy on the front porch, you know, sitting in my rocket chair telling old computing stories or something. And I think they get a kick out of that. I use floppies as my uh, drink coasters. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the AOL ones. Oh a yeah, stack on that desk, probably about a hundred of them. Yeah, I I was just talking to a friend. Uh, you know, I've got a huge collection of DVDs and and Blu-rays and stuff that I'm I'm ready to get rid of. I've I've ripped them all to my home media server. I don't use the physical media, and uh, I asked a friend if he wanted them, and he sat there and he thought and he said, you know, I don't I don't own an optical drive. Like I don't have a DVD player. I don't have an optical drive on my computer, on my laptop. Like I don't, I literally did not have a way to play those. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of this weird thing. You know, I I talk about this a lot. I've talked about it on the show where my kids have no attachment whatsoever to physical media. Like they've never bought a CD. My kids are 15 and 19. They've never owned a CD. They've never bought a DVD. They don't care. You know, if it's on Netflix, great. And if it goes off Netflix, they don't care. 
whatever else is on Netflix, they'll watch that or Hulu or whatever streaming, you know, uh, service comes along. So, and I asked my daughter one time, she's 15, you know, where do you listen to music? She says, YouTube. And all her music comes from YouTube. I'm like, like all my music came from babysitting money and walking down to Walmart and buying <laughs> albums and things like that, you know, and building that little collection. They have no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. So what's the next YouTube? Is it going to be Spotify or is it going to be, who knows? I don't know. I, I think the, um, you know, the music industry has taken such a beating during COVID. I, I know so many guys that are in, uh, you know, I don't want to say smaller, but you know, they're not famous musicians. They're touring musicians, right? These bands that make their money uh, from show to show and they make their money from selling t-shirts or selling the, you know, merchandise, not, you know, from, from ticket sales and it's just killed them, you know? And I, you know, I've seen, of course, Gene Simmons is a, uh, he's just a loud mouth, you know, but, but he does have some good points about things about like Spotify where he says, you know, he, there was a time where they made anywhere, you know, from a dollar to a dollar 50 per CD sold. And, you know, on Spotify, they're making pennies for, you know, every 250,000 streams. And so I don't know if that's, if that's sustainable, you know, I mean, if you can get popular on Spotify and then tour and sell hats or something, then maybe it is. But when you're not touring right now, I don't know how they're going to survive. Well, yeah. And I think now they're switching to YouTube and they're starting to get that issue where you and I say, for example, use the eight bit version of their song. We're getting the copyright strikes so that they can get the money from it, which is fine. It's their money. It's their copyright prerogative and they deserve it. But it just, it's almost like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel to get mm-hmm. 10 cents well and and the thing is you know if you think about something like spotify or pandora or whatever uh and and this kind of ties back into podcasts uh spotify needs the artist right like like without without any music spotify is not that interesting <laughs> um but they're just paying that little tiny you know piece and then of course people either get spotify for free or they pay for it uh and more and more like in, in the old days of podcasting, and which it sounds like a funny thing to say, but you know, let's say mid 2000s, late 2000s, uh, you put up a show and you hosted it. You know, I mean, I still host mine on a, a WordPress site, you know, but um, you know, you put up your own little thing and then that was it, you know, and, and few people downloaded it. Now you've got these huge, I mean, you've got, you know, medium sized stuff like Earwolf, you know, that has all their podcasts. Um, uh, Gimlet that has their podcast, you know, so, so these groups of podcasts and uh, now even the bigger stuff, right? Like Amazon has just said, you know, oh, we want to, we want to host people's podcasts. Well, they don't want to host it. They want to use your podcast, right? And then they could go and say, hey, we have 50 million podcasts, you know, you should buy Amazon Prime or whatever. And, you know, so you kind of think, well, what are you getting out of it? So that becomes the game, right? Like, how do you monetize your show when somebody else is already monetizing it? <laughs> yeah, somebody's and they're paying for Amazon Prime. Are they going to also pay you on Patreon? And they're taking your RSS feed, and they're so it's basically it's coming off of your server, mm-hmm. their feed, and they're inserting an ad in there on mm-hmm. your content that you're not getting paid on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're making that money, and then again, like I said, like you know, if you, I mean, there's different kinds of. Uh, monetization like you can you can monetize your show right like you could say hey i want five dollars a month and you subscribe and you get my show and that that's one model 
Another model is uh, my show is free, but I'm going to have a sponsor or I'm going to have ads or you're going to pay me through Patreon or, or coffee or whatever one of these sites are, right? And so, but, but again, uh, if you're listening on Amazon and you're already paying for that or you're already listening to ads, are you going to double dip? Are you going to pay these people? And uh, I've never been... I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's complicated because, um, you know, as a, as an author, you know, I've written books, I've written for uh, magazines. I mean, like, you know, I've been paid to write for magazines. I've been paid to contribute to books. Uh, so I've done that. And then people will hit you up and say, Hey, I'm writing this book about computer history. And I would love for you to write something. I go, awesome. What's that pay? And they say, Oh, well, it doesn't pay. I can't afford to pay it. And then you ask them, so you're giving the book away. Well, no, they're going to sell the book. <laughs> so they're going to make money selling the book, but they don't want to pay you. They want free content to put in that they can then sell, right? And so it kind of gets into this weird thing. You know, I got contacted um, by a, a startup radio station in Finland. Uh, I think it's Finland. Uh, it, it's Helsinki, actually, is, is uh, where they're at. And they wanted to know, yeah. yeah, they, they wanted to know if they could, uh, they're, they're running like eight bit music and they have all these technical shows and stuff like that. And they wanted to know if they could put Sprite Castle on their playlist. So, and then they said, by the way, we can't pay you because we're a startup and all this. So now you get into this thing where, where part of you says, you know what? I give the podcast away for free anyway. So it's not hurting me to have it also distributed on a radio station, but then the radio station is selling ads based off their content, which is my content, you know? So it becomes a complicated matter, but I'm kind of done at this point in my life. Uh, whenever people say, hey, this is a good opportunity for exposure for you, usually I walk away from that. Ooh, exposure <laughs> dollars. Yeah. That'll feed my kids. Yeah, they don't spin very well. Yeah, well, it, well the thing is, I don't mind them doing that if they keep your Patreon info in there saying, oh, if you like this, contribute to Patreon. But what if they put the ad right over that spot where you're talking about it? Well, that was the agreement I had with the radio station. Uh, I said, you know, as long as you air it uh, unmodified, then I'm okay with it, you know, because I do list my my Patreon information and I list uh, my websites and and where you can find the show. So as long as I left that on there, uh, you know, then then I was okay with it. Hey, dude, we've been talking for almost an hour now, and I really appreciate your time. And if it makes you feel any better, I'm not getting paid at all for this. <laughs> I, want, I want some of those exposure dollars, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you some Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> wow, that that five or seven cents each. Yeah, I think I bought it when it was like a, a tenth of a cent. But I got in on a different uh, e-coin thing, a guy was like, hey, I'm pushing this. And, and I got in and he said, I'm going to send you 10 coins. And I was like, let's see, like Bitcoin is $20,000. Like, did he just send me a million dollars? Like I was trying to figure it out and I've looked it up and each one is worth like one, one billionth of a penny or something. I was like, oh, I'm not rich. <laughs> oh, but they call the Satoshis or something? No. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is called like Chumskis. I think <laughs> what I got. <laughs> That'd be a fun coin to create the Chumsky. <laughs> we should do well, that i don't know if you got enough uh, for your show uh I, I hope you got some stuff uh, well the way i do it is i'll like i said i'll take this i'll create a video video goes up on youtube the audio becomes a podcast and i take the unedited version and i put that up on patreon but unlike you i have zero patreon subscribers it um you know uh 
uh, I'll tell you very quickly. Um, so I, I went on uh, Blueberry, which is who uh, I track my numbers and stuff through. And I just sorted from like highest to lowest. That's what I was looking at the other day when I sent you that screenshot. Uh, and I did all my shows up until about 2017. And I mean, I'm just getting into this grind of like every week, got to do a show every week, you know, and it just, and, and, you know, I, my kids were at the age where they needed rides to, to band practice and to this and that, and it, it was just too much. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. Uh, and Sprite Castle at that point was getting uh, about two thousand downloads per episode yeah, nice okay. number. i took a break for a couple of years and uh, i came back during the pandemic and i and the first episode of sprite castle when i came back i said uh you know i i like a lot of people i'm sitting at home all the time i'm, I'm feeling depressed i i'm you know just just all these things and and one thing that's getting me through it is listening to podcasts like listening to people that i think of as friends you know and i felt like i was kind of doing a disservice by not doing my shows uh and not in an egotistical way but i've had people say hey man you know i having a really rough time and i listen to your show and it's just nice to hear that voice and so that's kind of why i i started things back up you know was was to just put content out there for other people that, that might be feeling the same way. Just, you know, a, a favorite show, a favorite whatever that you tune into. And my numbers are almost exactly half of what they were before. Um, like I lost almost a thousand subscribers by taking two years off. And I don't, like when I subscribe to a podcast, podcast and it goes away for a while, I don't unsubscribe because I think, well, they might come back or something, you know, but, but uh, man, I learned a lesson the hard way. So um, I've real and the other thing was when I put those shows on hold, I I got rid of my Patreon and I said, hey, thank you guys for supporting. I'm not going to take money from you if I'm not generating content, you know. And I would say of, I mean, I probably had fifty Patreon supporters at that time, and I would say five have come back. Now I have more now. I mean, I probably have forty or so. I mean, I read all their names on the show. Um, but they're all new people. They're not the old people. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's almost like people got offended or whatever. When you take a break, they did not come back, you know? So, I mean, that's a tough lesson. You know, I, I probably should have gone to a, maybe once a month or once every other month or something, but, but kind of keep, um, you know, dripping that content versus just turning it off for a couple of years because people move on, you know, their attention spans are limited. So are you doing Sprite Castle and you don't know Flack once a week or is that once every two weeks or how's... Well, so I alternate them. So I release the show every Thursday night. Uh, so one week it'll be Sprite Castle and then another week it'll be um, You Don't Know Flack. Now I had a couple other shows. Uh, Cactus Flax was uh, kind of a, a pun on a local arcade and I was going through systematically and doing a show about every arcade game I personally owned. Uh, and the reason I set it up that way because... Um, I, I learned, you know, with Sprite Castle, there's no, there's no end to that show until I say mercy and I turn it off. Like, you know, the show is I will review a Commodore 64 game. I don't know if you've ever looked, there's about 25,000 licensed Commodore 64 games. So that we're going to run out of flack before we run out of games <laughs> to do that show. Um, but Cactus Flax was this nice idea because I was like, okay, here's the list of all the machines I own. And it's a finite number of episodes. Like 
when you get to the end, that that show is over. Um, but if you look at the numbers, I mean, that show got like 100 downloads or 150 downloads. And I was doing a show, doing all this research, doing video of the game uh, footage and putting, you know, I mean, it was a ton of work and it just wasn't worth uh, um, the return, you know, I mean, and it's the same thing with the, the other show that I love doing was um, Multiple Sadness, which is basically where I watch, you know, B, like movies. Uh, I think the tagline was uh, movies that are so bad that they're mostly good, but still bad. Uh, so it's those <laughs> B movies that are terrible movies, you know, and I talk about them, but I would go get sound clips and run through all the characters. And, and, you know, I had a thing where I do like the top five worst quotes of the movie and it's a ton of editing, you know? And so when you get a hundred or, or 200 listens or something, and you know, you're like, wow, I just put, you know, days worth of work. And now I got to fit it in between two other weekly shows. It's just, you know, it's just kind of time prohibitive to do them. That's a lot of work. Like I find this show a lot of work and like, I'll take this hour long talk and I'll whittle it down to about 45 minutes. And that's still, to me, that's a lot of work. I got to streamline, you know, um, uh, Sprite Castle's not too bad because Sprite Castle's like, I throw the intro in. When I record, I, I put the little gaps so I know where they're going to be. But I got the news segment. I got uh, talking snack. And then I got the show. So I've got three sound bites to drop in. Um, if I'm recording and, uh, you know, I, I mess up something or I leave something out, I'll, I'll snap into the mic like that a couple of times to get those little spikes to show up. And then when I go yeah. back to go edit, I'll look and I'll see those little spikes and I'll go, oh, that was a, that was a spot I need to go cut out. But, uh, you know, there's just not enough time where you record for an hour and then you have to go listen to it for an hour and edit for an hour uh, versus if I know there's only one spot I need to edit, I can record for an hour and I can go edit for five or 10 minutes. I should try that. Maybe a smack of my mouse or something. You know what? I, I do either three snaps. This is the other thing I used to do. I would go, I would go like, go, go, go like that or something. And then one day I had this horrible thought. I was like, what if that gets left in? <laughs> and then somebody would be listening to the show and I would just make a mistake and go, go, go. And they'd be like, what is this idiot doing? You know, so <laughs> kind of switched to the snaps or something, but I'll do like three snaps right in the mic and I leave a little blank space, you know? So when you're looking visually at that wave file, when you're editing, you'll see that little gap in the sound and those three little spikes. And I can find those real easy that way. Well, now I want to get the Bob and Doug McKenzie thing with the, the, the uh, <laughs> do it. He's in hey, good day. Welcome to the great white North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Yeah, I can do that. Wearing my, uh, my winter toque. Uh, if you saw my blog post recently, uh, it was called, uh, the story of the stupid hat. And, uh, so someone sent me back and they said hey that's popular in canada you'd be very stylish so um but uh, my kids did not agree with that <laughs> dude i walked my dog this morning it was minus 23 so we are our windshield uh, monday is with the windshield it's supposed to be negative 30 which is crazy oklahoma that's extremely get, cold yeah it does not get that cold here so this is one of those uh you know when the weatherman comes on and says uh, listen, you're going to die. <laughs> like, don't go outside. You're going to die. Uh, we're expecting um, uh, anywhere from 15 to 22 inches of snow. It's this combination of storms that are coming through, which is uh, not normal for this. Dude, that is the end of the world for you. 
it is. I mean, everybody's like, like everybody's posted on Facebook, like go buy all the bread, go buy the milk. It's time. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thunder Bay was like that. Thunder Bay would be, there'd be wind chills. Like an average day is minus 40. And I was a ski instructor. So I'd have to go out there and take these kids and pull up in their bus and the, t- the, the instructor's like, well, they got to go out. And I'm like, fuck you. They got to go out. <laughs> We're going to sit in the chalet and, you know, drink hot chocolate. Uh, I remember, you know, when you first got on the internet and you were talking to other people that lived other places and, and you're like, yeah, it kind of gets cold here, but in the summer it's like, you know, a hundred. And then in the spring we get tornadoes. And I remember somebody just this long silence and then somebody saying, why do you still live there? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> that is a great question. Like <laughs> at some point we should probably not live here, but well, we're all still here. It's cheap real estate. That's why we're all here. Uh, well, yeah, I wish I could say that in Toronto, but it's not, <laughs> but listen, dude, I'm going to let you go. I really appreciate all the time you gave me today. I, I really do. Where, uh, where do you like people to find you? Uh, you know, the easiest thing, uh, if you want to find out like all my links to social media and, and, uh, what's going on, you can just go to robohara.com and I have a, a subsite for all my podcasts, which is podcast.robohara.com. And that has links to, uh, you know, all the RSS feeds, all my shows are on iTunes and, and, uh, but you can go there and see, you know, what shows, uh, that I've published recently, anything like that. And, and again, uh, you know, links to, to Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff is all listed there on robohair.com. But listen, dude, I had a good time. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you ever want to, uh, hook up for any recordings or anything like that or, or, um, I could be your guest when you do that podcast or your buddy's uh, moving his house or something. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (sighs) That could be kind of fun, but who knows? (laughs) It's all about making content though, too. And just, but then getting sidetracked and that's. Well, unfortunately, yeah. um, Getting sidetracked is like um, my brand. (laughs) You know, if you watch, um, I've been doing these uh, Twitch streams, you know, and people go, like I literally just did one. Uh, I, I just reviewed the game Dino Eggs, which is an old game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I said, oh, you know, and, and before the stream started, I had pulled up the Oklahoma weather report. I was just killing time waiting for people to join on Twitch. And there was a town on the map called Paul's Valley. And so we're talking and someone said, oh, Paul's Valley. And I go, you know, what's in Paul's Valley is the Toy and Action Figure Museum. And it's a fantastic place. And so we're playing the game and I pause it and I go, you know what? I really want to show you pictures of the toy and action figure museum. And so we just pause and I pull up this slideshow and we're looking at pictures and people are like, well, is that the WWF line of figures? I'm like, it is. And we talk about that. So yeah, go, going off topic is kind of my thing, but, <laughs> but people enjoy it. You know, it's all about the stories. It's less about where the story started. It's more about where it ends up. So. How do you find your Twitch listenership? Do you get a lot of listeners on there? I'm new, I'm new to Twitch. Uh, so, I mean, within the past three to four months. Um, but, you know, podcasts, you know, again, like I said, a podcast kind of started out, you know, as an offshoot of my books, right? So I was like, oh, I wrote a book. How do I promote it while I do the podcast? Well, then I, you know, for a long time, I didn't think video was that important because to me, podcast is what you listen to on the go, right? Like you're commuting uh, and you're in the car, you listen to podcasts or you're out walking and you listen to podcasts. But now that everybody's at home, everybody wants video content. And so, um, so I kind of set it up as a sister 
kind of project where, you know, on the show, I do the deep dive into whatever game I'm doing on Sprite Castle, but then I go on Twitch and I'll play it and people show up and you talk about the game. And, and so then you have something to reference if people want to, um, you know, they listen to the show and they want to see the footage, then they go to Twitch or sometimes you get people on Twitch. Um, but there's not as big of a crossover as I thought, you know, and then we take the Twitch videos and archive them on YouTube. Uh, and so some people only listen to it or see it on YouTube. Some see it on Twitch. And I mean, they might get 50 views, a hundred views, you know, stuff like that. So it's not big numbers yet, but you know, I, I won't say the majority, but a lot of Twitch is kids playing first person shooters and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So to, to be like, Hey, I'm going to play this stick figure game from 1982. Like it's a, it could be a tough sell <laughs> every now and then I get like, like I'll make these videos. Like when I was doing um, cactus flax, I had a video thing and I would upload it and wait like F5, F5, and then look a week later and I would get like 20 views or 30 views. And I remember while I was doing that, there was a, a news story about someone had filmed. I think it was a lemon that was rolling down the street and uh, they were like, wow, in three days, I got a million views. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm putting all this effort into making videos and a freaking lemon gets, you know, <laughs> more views than me. So, and sometimes, uh, you know, you can't really control what, what takes off. You know, you can just just do your thing and, and see what, you know. Oh, like a close buddy of mine, he got 7 million views recording the squirrel take off this GoPro. Oh my God. Yeah, see, <laughs> like, like, you know that lemon thing i remember telling my wife i was like that's more views than i've got on anything i've ever made anything i've ever written anything in my life that i've ever done all combined this lemon is more successful in life than i have been so well all right man well yeah anytime uh, you want to get together for recording or something or whatever uh, look forward to it and when the episode comes out if i don't catch it be sure and let me know and and we'll promote it and and uh, get a whole bunch of views and listens and stuff and that'd be the dream. Yeah. <laughs>